Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of the Early Parenting Podcast. In today's episode, I got to do a really special episode because I got to speak to a mum who I have worked with. Now, the reason I wanted to bring Laura on was because Laura had a really tough time in becoming a mum. And I absolutely adore talking to Laura because she's very open and candid about her experience. If you guys follow me on Instagram, if you have followed my story at all, I've had previous episodes where I've talked about my experience in coming becoming a mum, and it sure as hell wasn't pansies and daisies for me. And recently I talked to Lisa Crochet Boyce, and we had the same conversations about how there's not enough conversation around what motherhood can look like. It certainly isn't everyone's experience, but I want more mums to hear the tricky, less glamorous side so that if they feel that way at any point during their parenthood journey, that they know they're not alone. I want to breed a a society of women who feel comfortable in talking about the highs and the lows of motherhood. So I brought on the beautiful Laura, who has five-month-old Louisa, and we just get to chat about what motherhood looked like for her and her struggles and what she did to get help and to make things better. So I really hope you enjoy this interview. Welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast, where we help you navigate the somewhat tricky world of parenthood so you can love the crap out of being a mama. I'm your host, Jen Butler, and I'm an early parenting consultant and a mama of two busy, busy boys. Join me as I explore all things early parenting and deliver them to you in toddler-friendly, bite-sized lessons. Because let's be honest, your toddler is probably smothering pseudo-cream on the wall as we speak. I'll be dropping my hottest tips on baby and toddler sleep, feeding, boobs, behavior, and so much more. Are you ready to feel confident in motherhood? Let's dive in. This episode's brought to you by my free online workshop that I'm holding next Wednesday, the 15th of April at 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. This workshop is going to cover the three must-know steps that you need to know moving into motherhood. So whether you are pregnant or whether you've got a new baby at home, this workshop is exactly what you need to give you the confidence to get to know and understand your new baby. If you're keen to register, head to jenbutler.mykajabi, which is kajabi.com slash workshop dash registration. And if you can't make it live, don't stress, sign on up and I'll still be able to send you the replay straight to your inbox. Can't wait to see you there. Okay. Welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast, Laura. So excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're going to kick off and let you introduce yourself to all of my listeners and let us know who you are and who you have at home. Okay, so hi everyone. So my name's Laura. I'm 26 years old and I have my little baby Louisa at home with me and she's five months old. Five months old. This is like, I I think I say every age is like my favorite age, but I think I really love the age where they do start to get interactive, smiling, talking to you. 
Like you get so much back at five months, like yeah. starting from around this age. Yeah. And it just gets better. <laughs> uh, this age has definitely been my favourite so far. Yeah. You you watch. It'll be funny because now from here on you'll look back and you'll go, oh, my God, this is my favourite age now. Okay, maybe it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, when, they, when she started laughing and giggling, that's been the best age easily. Yeah. It starts, it really gives back everything that you've been putting in. You really start to get that social, you know, and that love back from them. Yeah. But also this has been the best age because it's been easier sort of to get out with her at five months, yeah. I think. Like when in the earlier ages, I definitely just didn't have the confidence to get out as much because I never knew how she was going to, if she was going, if we'd go to the supermarket, if she'd start screaming all of a sudden or, you know. Yeah, absolutely. They start to get a lot more predictable and it means that getting out and about is a hell of a lot more easier. Yeah. And this is, you know, we, the reason I reached out to Laura, Laura's a mum who I had the opportunity to work one-on-one with, which was uh, so delightful for me to be able to play a part in helping to support you, Laura, when you were going through a really rough time. And I wanted to bring you onto the podcast today to so that other listeners could talk to her and listen to a real mum who is still going through that tricky transition that motherhood can bring. So I thought to kick off, I would love to hear from you, Laura, about how you found becoming a mum to Louisa. How was it for you? Uh, it was easily the hardest time of my life. Like everyone told me when I'd have Louisa, as soon as I'd have her, I would feel all of a sudden so much happiness. But when I had Louisa, I was definitely happy. Don't get me wrong. Like I love Louisa so much. But as soon as I had her, well, I felt scared because I have this baby and this life to look after and I really had no idea what the hell I was doing. Like, And it was just the whole time I was just so overwhelmed and I wish that I enjoyed it more. Well, I'm enjoying it more now, but it was just very, very hard time. It actually, like, I get really, you know, um, teary when you talk about this because I relate to that feeling of this overwhelm and, and especially what you just said with, I wish that I had enjoyed it. If I could turn back time and have my time as with Max as a newborn again, I would because it was not, it was not an enjoyable time at all. Mm. There, like, like you said, I loved him, but I did not enjoy. I'd say easily the first four months of being a mum. Yeah. Yeah, actually, and everyone would say, oh, wait until the first six weeks, you'll start to understand the signs. It'll start to get easier. But I wasn't understanding any signs. I couldn't tell the difference between her hunger signs, her tired signs. It was just so confusing. And I think a lot of that was because I was reading into so much and that just, yeah, yeah you felt really overwhelmed and you were desperately trying to read what Louisa was saying yeah but in doing so 
And like, this is the thing too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're probably getting so much different information from so many different sources that tell you to look at this, to do that, to, you know, stand on your head and wiggle your nose three times and that will, you know, like get the answers that you want. And so you're bombarded with this information, but often it's conflicting. Yes. So much information contradicted each other. Like in a way we are so lucky that, you know, we have the maternal child health line that we can call if we need help or we have the breastfeeding line that we can call if we need help. So we are lucky in that way. But every single person that I talked to would give me different advice and it was like, well, who do I who do I listen to? Like, mm. yeah. Mm. And this is the thing is even like in in my world, so my col- my colleagues and that like unfortunately there is still such massive fluctuations in the advice given and that can be influenced by their own personal experience of being mums themselves. Sometimes like sometimes advice is outdated, that it's just simply that, you know, the evidence has changed but perhaps that hasn't, you know, filtered down into the advice being given and that's where then you speak to someone and, yeah, it can be talk to three different people on the same day, ask exactly the same question and get three different answers. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, what did you find was your biggest struggles in those first, you know, or like your Louise is five months now. So even now, what do you, from when she was born to now, what have been the biggest struggles for you, Laura? So biggest struggles would be the sleep. Just the lack of sleep deprivation drove me a little bit insane. (laughs) Um, Mm. That easily is the hardest. And also the crying, her crying and me not knowing, is she okay or is she just tired? Or I just always wanted to make sure she was okay. But not knowing that and, yeah, not knowing why she was crying is easily the hardest thing that, still the crying is the hardest and it's more so what I do now I feel a lot more confident with her crying now but it's still it still gets to me a lot some days Mm. after um this your your this interview that we're doing today is going to be airing after a a podcast I've planned and the podcast is literally talking about how to help settle the cry and how to understand the crying baby because this is exactly, and I remember it myself, the most overwhelming part of all of this and I think what triggers us as mums the most is the crying baby. Mm. And because we don't, especially as new mums, there are lots of reasons why a baby cries. It's not just from being hungry and it's not just, you know, from all of the other things. And I think, you know, the episode that if everyone's listened to it when we're recording this, I encourage you to go back and listen to it if you haven't, is really breaking down what I identify as the six main reasons and gives you a little bit of a sequential pattern to work through because I I know how bloody overwhelming when you're like, all right, you know, and this is, it's like you're put in this stressful situation and you're faced with this, okay, how do I need to settle this? I need to work through like a sort of like a flow chart because otherwise you're like, ah, oh, like are you hungry? Oh my mm. God, are you tired? Like you're wet, you know, you're just, yeah, 
it's so overwhelming. So what you're feeling, I'm sure so many mums are going, yes. Yeah, and when she would cry too, some, like I have just had to learn to accept it. Sometimes she is going to cry and I couldn't stop her crying and just to let her cry. But if I was out in public and she would start crying and I couldn't get her to stop crying, I would get so embarrassed and I would think, oh, everyone's looking at me wondering, oh, I'm her mum and I can't even get her to stop crying. Like even though people probably weren't thinking that at all, it was just that would be very hard. Mm. It's really intimidating being out and the amount of stories I've heard from mums. And I remember a story myself being at a coffee shop and I had the same feeling as you that they're probably thinking, why won't this baby stop crying? And at the time I had this nipple shield that I was trying to use and I couldn't get the baby on and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I'd like to think that everyone was actually thinking that poor mum because if Mm. I saw that now, I would be saying that and I'd almost want to offer and I probably have been known to say, do you want a hand? Do you want me to grab you something? Um, But, I, yeah, I get that feeling and whether that's internal it's usually our internal dialogue that's telling us that everyone's judging us, but mm. it's very much a perceived thing at the time. Yeah. And it doesn't change the way you feel in that moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, when you were going through all of these struggles, you were struggling to understand sleep, you know, you were really just feeling out of your depths and like you didn't know what was going on and what, how to look after Louisa. What did you do about it, Laura? Well, I did. I waited a long time and I was just sort of thinking, I hope that things just get better as it goes on. Because that's what a lot of people told me, you know, it'll get easier, it gets easier. But by three months, I think it was, it still wasn't getting easier. And I just thought, I can't cope. I can't deal with this anymore. I need to do something about it. So that's when I reached out to you and I went through the, what's it called? The deep sleep consult yeah yeah Yeah. um that's what I did to help get through this because initially sleep was the hardest thing and now I look back and I think I had have reached it I wish I had have reached out to you earlier because once I spoke to you and had the two-week support with you it just started improving so much like the amount of improvement I saw even just within like a few days with Louisa was like amazing yeah so Mm. the sleep consult that was the first thing I did to help improve yeah improve how I was going as a mum and I know that when we worked together like there was just so much you know people probably think that when they're working, you know, especially with the deep dive sleep package, there's a big negative connotation about working with sleep consultants. But for us and working together, it was really about educating mm. about Louise's cues. And, you know, when you said before, you didn't know what sleep cues versus hunger cues and when she should be sleeping and how she should fall asleep. And, and so it was all about stripping that back. Yeah. And just going back to basics and this is this is what's developmentally normal and expected for Louisa at this age. And and you just took the information like a boss and just because I know that's what you were craving. You just needed that direction to say, mm. can someone for the love of God tell me what I actually need to be doing and less of the, you know, three different approaches from three different people sort of yeah. thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I also found it helpful. I went to see someone to just talk to them. I just wanted to talk to someone and let them know how I was feeling, but I wanted it to be someone that doesn't know me and that I can just do all the talking and, and they would listen and that really helped a lot too, just like getting it all off my chest because, you know, sometimes it's easier talking to people that don't know you that well. Absolutely. That is like the best advice that you can give because I remember, again, like I had diagnosed postnatal depression with Max as it turned out in the end after months of sort of feeling like you felt and, Mm. you know, all of those things. And I went and talked to a a counsellor or a psychologist and it was that like that feeling of being able to offload is the best. Like I would feel light as a feather because you're right like you you can you're in a safe place where you can let it out and they're there to listen they're not there to say like everyone meet everyone means well when they give you well-meaning advice but sometimes all you need is to be heard Mm -hmm. and as you said to be heard without judgment without advice it's an amazingly therapeutic yeah yeah I'm so glad that that's, you know, that both of those things helped you to get to the point that where you are today. So tell us a little bit about where you're at today. So Louise is five months and how far have you come from where you were to where you are now? Oh, my gosh. I can't even, I hate even thinking back of how low I actually was because it does, it makes me really, really sad. But then I also feel like I'm stronger now as a person because I feel like if I can get through that, then I can do anything pretty much. But now, and if you had have asked me a couple, like when we first met, if you had have asked me if I would actually be saying this right now, that I love being a mum, I love being at home, I would think you were crazy. But it is, I just, I love being a mum now. <laughs> oh, that is just the nicest thing to hear, like, yeah. because there is so much joy to be had in motherhood and it is just about, this is, I think, like, this is why I wanted to get you on because you are literally the epitome of why I do what I do to take someone from honestly feeling as though they are not enjoying it, struggling, overwhelmed, to feeling that they can actually enjoy this gig. And, you know, like you you said before, whether we've, uh, I don't know if we've spoken about it before we started recording or um, or during the interview, but things aren't like 100% peachy right now. No. You still have struggles and you've still got stuff, but amongst all of that, you're enjoying it. Yes. Yeah. No, it is, it is, I, it is really hard still. Not really hard, but... At least now, like if I have a bad day with Louise or if I can't get her to stop crying or anything, I have the knowledge now to know that she is okay and that tomorrow will be a better day and, you know, and even not, it it used to be like weeks and weeks I would be, weeks and weeks of hard days and even now it's just maybe sometimes it's the morning that's hard and then the afternoon gets better, yeah. I love that. I talk a lot about too, as a mum, sometimes we um, 
focus on looking at a whole day and saying, and sometimes it is that the whole day is actually really crap. And I I remember being given this advice from a mentor I used to work when I was with, um, when I was working in Melbourne at the city of Whittlesea. And I remember her saying to me when I, they were huge supports for me when I had Max and she came out to me, she said, Jen, I want you to focus moment by moment or half a morning to the second half of the morning or first half of the after, like, and what she meant is don't look at things in a whole day and literally break it down, get through the first three hours of the day. And, and it, it, the whole point was that it stopped you from getting so overwhelmed with the day ahead and helped you to also realize that there is lots of joy to be had in, in moments of the day. So as you said, like now you probably had days that were just all a mush of everything. Whereas now you might have a crappy morning, but then the day comes good and, you know, the afternoon comes good. Mm -hmm. And perhaps a while ago it was that half the morning was okay. Maybe the second half was not. Those sorts of breaking it down can still help you to find the joy when perhaps things are really crappy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So true. What do you find has been the biggest struggles now that you've got a five-month-old? I still find it hard going to things or even just like going, popping over to my mum's for a little bit, knowing that, so say if I want to put her to sleep, how will I put her to sleep at my mum's or going to get my hair done, how will I get her to sleep if I'm getting my hair done or Things like that, that would be getting out is still the hardest bit. It's still a lot easier, but that would be what I find the hardest. Mm, It is. And, you know, throw it forward to a three- and a five-year-old and negotiating the how-tos of everything is still probably one of my trickiest parts, Mm. you know. Yeah. You do it. It's hard when they're at least as toddlers you can communicate with them having a baby, it's a little bit more, their communication's crying and, you know, depending on their temperament will depend on how much they cry. And so that's where it can be quite challenging. So I can definitely appreciate where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, quick question too. You were a part of the Happy Baby Code, my online program from birth to five months, as well as working one-on-one. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about how you found the Happy Baby Code and your experience about going through the program. We're still in the midst of our group coaching at the moment. Um, But, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about how you found that as well. Uh, So I loved the Happy Baby Code. So the reasons I loved it so much was because a lot of the stuff you told me I sort of already knew in the back of my head but just the reassurance to know that what I am doing is right and also because the lessons were so quick I could do it in between you know listen to it while I was feeding her or that sort of thing but what I've loved what I've gained out of the happy baby code is how confident it's made me that's the best thing that I've found with it and also, sorry, I forgot about this one. Also, there was a, another couple of mums and one of the girls on the Facebook page wrote 
a problem what she had and the problem what she was having was exactly the same problem what I had and that just made me feel so much better knowing that other people are going through the same things as me because when I first went was going through having a hard time with Louisa I never heard of anybody else really having a baby like her like Louisa was doing the 40 minute sleeps and all I'd ever heard from other people was, oh, my baby's been sleeping two hours at a time, like that sort of thing. And to know that another mum was going through what I was going through was, it just was a nice feeling. Mm, absolutely. When you know you're not alone in this world of motherhood, and this is, again, exactly why having someone like you come on, Laura, and you know, everyone's everyone's experience is different, but mm. I always and some people, some babies do come out and they do do that. I do say it's it, the it's the minority that are just cruising into these beautiful two hour sleeps from birth, and you hear the unicorn babies. I I've never had a unicorn baby. If someone wants to send me the chromosomes that you need for a unicorn <laughs> baby, that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> But it is so important to know you're not alone. And like the whole point, you know, that's, yeah, as I said, I created the happy baby code so that mum's had something. I know the questions and the stuff that's been asked day in, day out. And I also know how usually we focus on one area. We usually focus either on feeding issues, but then we don't look at sleep or we just look at sleep and we're not looking at feeding issues and what's going on developmentally. And that's the whole point is to combine all of that. And so you've got something that you can look at. You know, so Louise is coming to the end of the, you know, zero to five months that the happy baby code is. And I definitely have intentions for the older baby once mm. I can <laughs> find some time to create yeah. the next course. Um, you know, because that, it's there to be as a pocket guide for you to be able to help you through those transitions. So I'm glad that that's what you got out of it. And I'm so glad that you found the community. We've actually got our happy baby call straight after this. Mm. Um and so we do get that opportunity. It's a really nice group. There's just three of us mums in this first group. And how nice is it's it's been to be able to have our one-on-one chats each week and have all those questions answered. I love them. I love the calls. Mm, I know. I do too. Also, I was going to say, I forgot to mention this before, with the Happy Baby Code, I liked it how whatever I was having trouble with at that time, I could skip to that. So say if I was having trouble with um, the feeding, I could skip to the feeding section or if I was having trouble with the sleep, just to remind myself of some of the things I'd learnt during the deep dive consult, I could skip to the sleep. That's what I found really helpful also. Yeah, and that is something like when I, I remember when I made the course overview what I said is where you have the time or where possible is to make your way through the lessons, but the, you know, from, from feeding through to the health and development. So just to give people a bit of context too, if you haven't heard of the happy baby code that I'm talking about, I'm opening doors to the um, course again soon. So you'll probably hear me talk a lot more about it um, on Instagram and, and whatnot. Um, but it's divided into three sections. So figuring out feeding, supporting sleep and discovering development and health. And each have a series of lessons educating you on exactly how to manage all of those. But at the end of the day, they all influence one another. So 
It's so good to listen to it all, but you can, as as Laura has said, if you're specifically having sleep issues, you can go straight to whatever's going on with your sleep, learn about it. And usually in most of the lessons, I'll say one of the causes for catnapping might be that your baby's hungry. And so then it makes, it triggers you to go, well, if I need to rule out hunger as a reason for why my baby's catnapping, let's go and make sure that I'm covering everything in figuring out feeding. So it's all very linked like that, but you can, you know, and it's there for you. And even with Louisa being at five months, you're still going to get so much value out of the lessons within that. Um, Because some of the, like a lot of the information transcends throughout, you know, in the first four years of your baby's life baby toddler so yeah yeah for sure even the um weaning part of it I mm. need for later on and the bottle sterilization and that sort of thing I'll need for later on too mm, absolutely there's yeah there's lots in there that's going to help prepare you for those first five months and beyond for sure now Laura I love to finish with this uh this question for all the guests I have on the podcast but if you could give one piece of advice to a new mum or a mum who is having another baby, what would that be? Uh, I have so much advice, but the one main thing what <laughs> the one main thing what I would give someone is to ask for help early instead of trying to get things through the hard times alone. That's my main main thing I wish somebody had told me, but now I know that. Yeah, so many people delay. And this, like, that that help can look like, as you've touched upon today, you had help with, you know, learning about Louise's cues through me and being able to educate in that sense. But you also sought help for your mental health and a place to offload and just to have that conversation with someone other than a family member or friend. Yeah. Um, you know, both of those like help can come in so many ways, whether it's professional help, whether it's speaking up and saying to a family member, I am bloody struggling, I need some help. Your partner, sometimes mm-hmm. we think they know what that we think they know that they know what we're thinking. Does that make sense? Yeah. But they don't they can't read our minds. Um yeah. so sometimes we have to verbalize it. And just not to be embarrassed to ask for help, like the reason I took so long to ask for help from you, Jen, is because I thought I was too far gone to, for even any help. Like I thought you, Louisa was and me, we weren't fixable. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but now I know that anyone can improve. But, yeah, just not to be embarrassed pretty much. Mm, that is, uh, you're not the first mum who said that to me, that in retrospect they thought that their case was too big. It was too far done. I get it a lot with older babies and toddlers. Mm. Uh, it's too set and it's just not true. It's, you know, there is always joy to be had and usually it is just about relearning and educating about what's going on so I just like you've just yeah it's just so nice it's just been so lovely working with you I think you were one of the first clients I worked with at the start of this year or was it the end of last year I think it was the start of this year it was the start of this year yep yeah it was just I just remember feeling like it was just such a beautiful way to start the year especially given the crappy crappy year that it's been um I know you know 
we, Laura and I were having a chat at the time of recording this. We are right smack bang in the middle of the coronavirus, you know, query isolation. And yeah, we were talking about all of that, but like, it was just so lovely being able to work with you in and, and for you to, for you to have found the joy that motherhood does have to bring. So I just thank you so much for coming on today, Laura. It's just been lovely. Oh, no, thank you for having me and thank you for all of your help. Honestly, I don't know what I would have done without you. I've, yeah, I just can't thank you enough. Mm, thank, thank you for sharing your story. I hope lots of mums get that, um, that the answer is that, you know, whether, like I said, whatever that help looks like, that it is just about realising that it doesn't have to be this way and, yeah, you can love motherhood as well. Yes. If I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Laura. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the episode, Mama. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share the episode with a friend, with your mother's group, or tag me at Jen Butler Early Parenting on Instagram. The more that know about this podcast, the more people I can help. If you're looking for support that is personalized for your babe and tailored to your family's needs, then make sure to head on over to my website, www.jenniferbutler.com.au and check out how we can work together so you can move through motherhood with confidence. Catch you in the next episode, mama.